Peter Marlin, Health and Wellbeing, good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon, Mark. Look, today we're going to look at, uh, this is kind of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, isn't it? The four causes of weight gain today. Absolutely, because it's not, weight, this is the time of year where we tend to focus on, you know, getting our weight reorganised and, you know, if you've been trying to lose weight for a while and you've been struggling, you know, there's actually uh, at least four reasons why you might be having trouble. So I thought, you know, for those people out there that have tried everything and still tend to struggle, um, I, I hopefully will have some good tips for them coming up. And it even, even is just a little bit more than just you know what you're putting in your mouth, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. The old model of you know it's it's what you ate and how much exercise you did just for a lot of the population just doesn't cut it anymore. Four causes of weight gain. Let's get into it straight away. The first one is the obvious one: poor diet. But in that, you want to talk about excess carbohydrates. So that is really a thing, isn't it? Because we hear so much in the marketplace about it being, is that is that high carbs, low carbs? What, what should we be doing in this space? Well, as as you said, like, um, you know, diet's the first place. Like the food, food we put into our body, there is very much relevance that. And then interestingly, like from my experience, weight loss is all about the food. Exercise really doesn't play that much of a difference with people trying to lose weight. Okay. It's interesting because a lot of people will come in and say, oh, I'm exercising six days a week and I can't lose weight. And I always say the big, the big point I make at our, our weight loss talk, which is uh, we've got our weight loss talk on tonight as well, um, is that there's a difference between, well, number one, exercise doesn't help you to burn more, burn more fat. It does, but only a small amount. It's all about the, the diet and the balance of the food that you're eating. And number two, you're either, in a fat burn, you're either on a fat-burning diet or you're on a maintenance diet. And so many people come in and they say, oh, I eat really healthy and I can't lose weight. That's because they're on a maintenance diet. They're not on a fat-burning diet. So where things pretty much stay, you might not gain weight, but you'll stay pretty stay much the, the same. same. So people have that misconception that because I eat healthy, mm. that I should, be, I should be losing weight. But we sort of forget that your body will only burn fat for fuel if you're restricting the amount of energy available in the form of glucose. So if you've got plenty of glucose or sugar in your blood from... You know, a salad sandwich, um, you know, bread, whatever during the day, then you're not going to get into fat burning. So, for a lot of people, they really struggle because they don't get that concept that you've got to, it's not even about calories because you can have calories where all your calories come from carbohydrates, even in reducing those calories. If your metabolism's a bit stuck around sugar, you still won't get into fat burning. So, my my um, all my res- my research and experience over the years sort of points more and more to the fact that it's the excess carbohydrates in our diet that are the big issue. So I guess we do need some carbs. Um, what are some of the ones that that you would, in your experience, feel that are the better ones that we should be sticking in there? Well, again, it comes back to um, the individual. Like for some people that some patients that come in, if they've if they've tried every diet if they've got say a bit of insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome we might try and get them onto a diet where we reduce their carbs and again this isn't a diet you do forever this is a diet you do to get you into fat burning and then you adjust the carbs back up Uh so so we might drop down to get that fat burning and then once you get to what you want you can sort of head back to a normal maintenance and that's what that's what that's the other side of it is once you've got your fat loss going or once you're down to your ideal weight then you need to rebuild your diet onto a maintenance diet that you can stick with where you do add some carbs back in. So we might get someone down to, say, 50 grams of carbs a day if they're really significantly stuck in the inability to burn fat. So the equivalent of that would be, you know, or for example, like the ideal, so ideal carbs, 
for me are um, vegetables, salad, and maybe two pieces of fruit a day. But like I was saying, if someone's on a um, really struggling to get into fat burning, for the first two weeks, we might recommend they don't have any fruit. You drop it completely. Drop it completely because, again, while ever there's sugar in your blood, your body will burn that for fuel and not touch your fat stores. Mm. So, And all of this stuff around the carbs like came around the time when we started to reduce animal protein. You know, around that, the, uh, the 70s or the 80s when they were sort of finding that cholesterol blocking people's arteries, they said, you know, we really need to cut out the animal fats and have more complex carbohydrates. So unfortunately, we've taken that to a whole new extreme. Yeah, we saw that in a lot of the advertising. It was like, oh, animal fat and fat fat became like this big swear word. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hang on a minute. We, we sort of got rid of fat, but we certainly topped it up with sugar and, and carbs and all of that and, and everything else. So it's like, maybe we potentially have got that wrong. Absolutely. And even, you know, from interestingly new research or, or, or stuff that's been out for a while is suggesting that people that have trouble with cholesterol, that it's more likely that carbohydrates are the driver for producing excess cholesterol, not the fat in the diet. So <laughs> we've yeah, really got it wrong. We've got we've gone the gone the full upside down. Oh dear um, me. So yeah, so excess carbs that we eat in our diet. So the ideal carbs for us are, you know, um, fruits, vegetables and salad but keep limiting your fruit Mm. and then if you're on a maintenance diet or you know i sort of say if you're in the if you can still burn fat quite easily you can possibly still have one serve a day of you know bread cereals grains pasta rice um white potato banana so but if you're trying to burn fat and you're not getting into fat burning then you might have to drop this out for a little while as well so even one banana a day for some people can stop them getting into fat burning if they're severely oh, wow. metabolically stuck and that's like nothing really nothing no it's, but it's enough and then once a week or never are your biscuits cakes lollies sugar processed foods alcohol you know so for people i had someone in the other day and they said they were trying to lose weight and their diet didn't look too bad but they're having a couple of glasses of wine every night yeah so straight away you you're you're going to overload your carb. You're going to increase your carb content, but you're also going to stuff up your liver. So um, you're not going to get in fat burning effectively. Sometimes the answers are so simple. They're right in front of us, but we don't want to see them. We want to find something else. <laughs> yeah, and un- unfortunately we do. Um, you know, food has become, you know, for a lot of us, like a form of self-medication. You know, we eat to try and make ourselves feel better. And we tend to, when we, when we are, if, we're feeling, if we are feeling tired, if we are feeling flat, um, you know, if you've got low serotonin symptoms of depression, then um, you, often your body will crave certain foods because the brain thinks it's going to make you feel better. But in fact, they just make you feel worse. So that's things like your bread and your cheese, and, which isn't carbs, but, you know, or sugar, particularly because you're trying to make the brain feel better. So when you are FM, as we continue with Peter Mullen, health and well-being, all about the four causes of weight gain. And Karen is on the phone at the moment. Karen, you've got a question you'd like to pick up with Peter about the uh, about the dietary that we're talking about earlier. Quite intrigued, listening, talking about the fat burning and the maintenance diet. Like I've been eating what I think quite healthy. I've been to dietitians quite a few times and done a a, a strict regime of what I'm consuming, and they said, "Well, that's quite good." I don't have diabetes or anything like that. I don't have any cholesterol. But I'm a size 18 and I can't lose an ounce of weight. I don't exercise because I have leg problems. Yep, yep. Which I've just had my third knee surgery. Yep. And um, I have no thyroid at all. Yeah, okay. And my thyroid keeps going haywire a lot. 
And you're on That's you're on thyroid medication though. Yes, I am. Yeah. The thing to consider, like with with your diet, like it may be worthwhile, like having a chat to someone about it that just looks at things a bit differently. I find often you've got to um, get the carbs. Look at what what's happening from a carb point of view, as I was talking about before. And um, we use a, a process where you can we on a stick, and it actually tells you if you're into fat burning or not. So oh, yeah. I find that's good because you can sort of see what's important is for you to work out what you need to eat to get into fat burning. And once you're in fat burning, then it's easy to sort out um, what you can get away with or not get away with after that. If you want to know more about what we do, you can always we offer a free 15-minute consult or free 15-minute chat with one of our naturopaths. Yeah. So if that helps, why don't you ring the office and speak to the staff about that and have a chat with one of our practitioners and they can point you in the right direction about what sort of diet to maybe look at getting onto. And the good news as well, Peter, with the uh, the talks that you're doing that we talk about, um, they are absolutely free as well, so there's no cost to those. Yeah, yeah, and the talk's great because we sort of go over a lot of the information that I think Karen's, Karen's story is not very, um, sorry, is very common. It's very common, not unique. Not mm. unique, and, um, you know, unfortunately a lot of people have tried a lot of things and struggle to really get it all together, but... Um, you know, really, there's some great info about how to do that, and and to be able to what I like is be able to measure the results, so you can see that it's working for you. And one of the other things, Peter, that may be causing weight gain or not being able to lose it is also hormonal imbalance. And I guess there are several ways that hormones can play a part in that. Yeah, look, definitely. And um, Karen brought up a good point when she was talking about her thyroid, because um, uh, one of the signs of your thyroid possibly going a bit under functioning is that your metabolism slows down. And unfortunately, too... Happens as, to all of us at some point. Yeah, and as we, as we get older, and a lot of people... This is another point for people that are struggling to get into fat burning. We sort of forget sometimes that as we get older, our metabolism slows down just generally. So, you know, when you're a 20-year-old, you tend to burn fat just standing there. Oh, you don't have five, we, five hamburgers and you're still, uh, you know, the size of a stick. Yeah, absolutely. So as we get older, metabolism slows down. So getting your thyroid checked if you're struggling is really important. And, um, you know, as naturopaths, we sort of believe that there's a lot of people with what we would call subclinical low thyroid, where their thyroid's under-functioning, but it's not under-functioning enough that it's um, going to register from a GP point of view, but it definitely will be affecting your metabolism. And there's some other uh, hormonal imbalances there we can look at? Absolutely. Insulin resistance. We've talked about this quite a few times on the show. And um, insulin resistance is where your body's producing more and more insulin to try and keep your blood sugar levels low and as, as that whole system starts to fail but insulin resistance c- tends to convert excess insulin converts any fat that you're not burning for fuel into fat and may play a role in increasing your cholesterol and causing a fatty liver as well and if you've got a fatty liver it's very difficult to get into fat burning so the good good story is and oh, there are a couple of other ones um, stress is a big factor elevated cortisol you know, for people that carry weight around their tummy, mm-hmm. we often think that that's most likely or maybe related to insulin resistance and maybe excess cortisol because everyone's so stressed these days. Um, estrogen dominance for a lot of women that have excess estrogen as well, um, that can play a role making it difficult to get into fat burning. Um, serotonin imbalance, you know, people suffering symptoms of both depression and anxiety can play a role with food cravings. So, weight loss is a really good example of um, 
you know, we want to lose weight because we want to, you know, look better and feel better. But losing weight, there's, you know, all roads lead to Rome a little bit. Losing weight, you actually start to correct a lot of these underlying hormonal problems. So it's kind of a catch-22. You've got to find a way to get into fat burning so you can help resolve some of these issues that are making it hard to get into fat burning. <laughs> oh, dear. It's like exp- needing experience and having as, a job. Yeah, yes, but it's not, it's not as complex as what it sounds. And, um, you know, as I said before, you know, getting onto the right balance of macronutrients, that seems to be what it's all about. So making sure that you're getting the ideal amount of protein, maybe a little bit more fat than what people are used to, and definitely reducing the carbs. So we sort of, I recommend a dietary program more along the lines of what we'd call a ketogenic style of eating. But again, it, we do that for the period of time while we're getting into fat burning, and then once someone's lost the weight, what's so important, because I've had so many patients come to me and say, I did this diet once and it didn't work. And I say, what do you mean it didn't work? Well, I lost all this weight, but then when I went back to my normal way of eating, all the weight went back on again. So the big point out of all of this is you need to get into fat burning, then you need to get into maintenance so that we don't have to go back and do all this again. For some people getting into or having trouble getting into fat burning, um, if if there's chronic inflammation, as well as causing things like elevated cortisol, um, sometimes associated with elevated um, or poorer blood sugar response from the chronic stress, um, yeah, chronic inflammation can be can be an issue, um, and causes of chronic inflammation can be things like you know toxins from our diet, processed foods. Um, an interesting thing: uh, some of my um, patients in the past, where they've had trouble getting into fat burning, we've done a food intolerance test, and it's actually showed that they've got um, intolerances to maybe some of the foods that they were eating regularly that they thought would be beneficial. So, you know, food intolerances are a cause of inflammation. Um, we talked before. Do you think as well um, uh, the the rise of genetically modified foods could play a part in this as well? Yeah, look, I'm sure it does. Mm. I'm sure it does. Like, definitely, they've found that um, some of these genetically modified foods can increase inflammation, increase some of the inflammatory cytokines that the body produces. Um, you know, even hormone in in maybe processed food or some of the, the growing practices or antibiotics. So, yeah, any, any form of a toxin or anything in the, in, the, in the diet or the body that shouldn't be there is, has a, can have as a result of causing inflammation. Um, anything that makes your liver work harder. Um, sleep de- deprivation is a big one as well. Oh, I'm stuffed then. So, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, people that are chronically sleep deprived, like mm. six hours or less sleep a night, can make it very difficult to get into fat burning. Um, and if you're only getting six hours sleep a night, you may not be getting into those really deep cycles of restorative sleep that you need to get into to, to burn fat and detox. And uh, uh, also, um, I guess back on the nutritional side, if you want to have a quick look at nutritional deficiency as well. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the, one of the um, you know, everyone's talking about the gut at the moment and the importance of having a healthy gut flora. Um, that you know the imbalance of the wrong type of bacteria can increase the, the tendency towards inflammation in the body, but you know more and more there's um, theories or or information coming out about that our gut flora and imbalance the wrong type of gut gut bacteria may actually influence our cravings. Oh. So if your gut flora has developed as a result of being on a diet of processed food and maybe too much sugar and bad fats, bread type products, etc then those bacteria, once you start to try and change your diet, that those bacteria might rebel and mm. actually cause you to crave 
some of those foods. Because they need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we need to start growing more flowers, not weeds. That's exactly there. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so that's interesting that our gut bugs... So that's a good one. That's a, a new excuse. It's not just our genes or our hormones. It's all the it's other... my gut bugs. It's the flowers, that, the, the weeds bugs, that live inside me. bugs are hungry. What about fish oil? We hear about that from time to time. Yeah, fish oil. You know, fish oil will often recommend that as part of a fat... Increasing fats generally, but fish oil is great because it's got the double whammy of also reducing inflammation and helps to reduce insulin resistance as well. Um, magnesium, you know, magnesium helps with a whole host of things from insulin resistance to the excess cortisol response. So if you're deficient in any of the major nutrients, your B vitamins, your magnesium, um, fish oil, then for sure you, you, you're going to have more difficulty getting into fat burning. As Pe- well. Peter, some great uh, advice. Uh, lots to think about. Uh, I guess as our uh, our uh, trainer here that you hear on the breakfast program, who I do some training with, Dave Corrin, says you can't out-train a bad diet, and there's certainly a lot in there uh, that's for a, us that's to think a, That's a good saying, actually. <laughs> can't out-train a bad diet. And that comes from an exercise man. Look, lots to think about there. <laughs> in the talk tonight, I'll be talking about actually doing, there's a really good slide I've got looking at the um, how much, how someone could be thinking they're, they're having a good day's diet but when you break it down to the actual amount of sugar it can and it looks like a relatively healthy day when you break it down it actually equates to about 44 teaspoons of sugar so it's where people (laughs) might think that they're doing the right thing but unfortunately that might not be the case and following on from that march 13 a kid's health very important yeah absolutely and um next week on the radio here so kids health it's one of my favorite talks for the year and um next week on the radio we're talking about a, a, a bit of a disturbing new phenomenon and that's kids and um, kids being diagnosed or experiencing anxiety so we're looking at some of the reasons why this might be happening more but yeah our kids health talk is coming up on tuesday the 13th of march so if you've got kids or grandkids um that are having you know learning even learning or behavioral difficulties or they tend to get sick all the time then um a lot of great information at that free talk Thank you, as always, for health and well-being this afternoon. Thank you, Mark. Lovely to see you. And for more details, you can head to mullenhealth.com.au to find out some uh, more information on this and those free talks. Keep those in mind as well. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.au.